and this is Sermunition Sunday number 81, Meditations Intended to Equip the Church Militant for Spiritual Warfare. And I am the warrior priest, Donald Riley. This is the word of the Lord that came to me, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Amen. Today's gospel reading takes us to the evening of the resurrection, when Jesus appeared to his disciples, who were hiding behind locked doors, afraid of the Jewish religious leaders. Jesus appeared to them and showed them his hands and his side, revealing to them the wounds of his crucifixion. He said to them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of anyone, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve disciples, was not with them when Jesus came. When the others told him that they had seen the Lord, he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, Jesus appeared to them again, and this time Thomas was with them. And Jesus said to him, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the story that is often referred to as the Doubting Thomas story, but I prefer to call it Thomas Touch My Wounds, because this is not so much about Thomas's doubt or disbelief. It is about the wounds of Jesus, and therefore about our own wounds. Jesus showed up, and he showed his wounds to his disciples, not to impress them with his scars, but to prove to them that he was truly risen from the dead. His wounds were not a sign of weakness, but a victory. They were not a cause for shame, but for glory. They were not a hindrance to his mission, but a means of fulfilling it. In the same way, in the same way our own wounds are not a cause for shame, but for God's glory. They are not a hindrance to God's mission, but a means of fulfilling it. We are all wounded in some way, whether physically, emotionally, or spiritually. We have all experienced pain. We have all experienced loss and suffering. We have all been betrayed. We have all been abandoned or rejected. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is that Jesus has taken our wounds upon himself. He has suffered for us. He has died for us, and he has risen for us. He has conquered sin and death and the devil for us. He has reconciled us to God and to one another. He has given us the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us in faith to forgive and to be forgiven, to love and to be loved, to heal and to be healed. This is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It is not a theory. It is not a philosophy, but a present tense reality. 
It is not a promise of prosperity or success, but of salvation from sin and death. It is not a self-help program or a moral code to live by, but a relationship with a living God who loves us and has redeemed us. But this gospel, it's also a scandal and a stumbling block. It is a scandal because it proclaims that a crucified man is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. It is a stumbling block because it confronts our pride. It confronts our self-righteousness and our sinfulness. It is a challenge to our values and to our priorities and even to our own comfort. It is a call to take up the cross, our cross, and follow Jesus. But this gospel... It's not only a challenge, it's also a promise. It is a promise of forgiveness and of hope and of new life. It is a promise that God loves us so much that he sent his only son to die for us, to bear our sins, and to reconcile us to himself. And this promise is not just for some distant future. It's for today. It is for you. It is for all who hear and believe. It is for all who dare to touch the wounds of Christ. When we touch the wounds of Christ, we touch the source of life and wholeness. We touch the wounds that have taken away our sin and our shame. We touch the wounds that have opened the way to God's presence and God's grace. We touch the wounds that declare to us that even though we are sinners, God still calls us saints. Even though we treat him as our enemy, He still calls us friends. Even though we fear that he cannot save us from death, he still comes to give us new life. So we don't need to be afraid to touch the wounds of Christ. We don't need to be afraid to confront our own sinfulness and our own need for God's forgiveness. We don't have to be afraid to follow Jesus, even when it leads us to the cross. You see, the cross is not the end of the sermon. But it is the beginning of a new sermon, a sermon that proclaims resurrection and hope and new life, a proclamation that is still being preached even now. And this is where the Lord's Supper comes in. In this sacrament, we are reminded of the sacrifice of Christ, and we receive the benefits of his death and resurrection. We touch the wounds of Christ when we receive his body and blood which were broken and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sin. In this sacrament, we are also reminded of our unity with Christ and with one another. As we partake of the same bread and cup, we are brought into communion with Christ and with all who belong to him. We are reminded that we are not alone, but we are part of a community of faith, a communion of saints that spans across time and space. And so as we partake of the Lord's Supper today, we do so with hearts full of gratitude and thanksgiving. We remember the sacrifice of Christ, and we receive the benefits of his death and resurrection. We also remember our unity with Christ and with one another, and we are strengthened and encouraged by this reminder. So when we leave this place, forgiven, loved, strengthened by the Holy Spirit to live as disciples of Jesus Christ. We take up our cross and we follow him, not just in word, but in deed. 
We love our neighbors as ourselves, and we seek to serve others as Christ serves us. This is the message of the cross. This is the message of the Lord's Supper, that in Christ we have been reconciled to God and to one another, and that we are called to live as his disciples in the world, bearing our crosses. So when we leave this place, we go out in the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim this message and to live it out in our lives, pointing to Jesus' wounds, not to impress others with his scars, but to prove to them that he is truly risen from the dead because his wounds are not a sign of weakness, but a promise of victory. They are not a cause for shame, but a promise of glory. They are not a hindrance to his mission, but the means of fulfilling it. And this promise is not just for some distant future, but it is for today. It is for you. It is for all who hear and believe. It is for all who dare to touch the wounds of Christ, to receive his body and blood for the forgiveness of sin, a new life, and eternal salvation. This is the word of the Lord that came to me, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Amen.